You're tuned in to Nerd Overload, your weekly show for video games, movies, TV shows, comics, tech news, and more. Now your hosts, Cody Pinnock, Samantha Cross, Sam Dunham, and Josh Harrison. Hey everybody, welcome to Nerd Overload, the pop and geek culture show coming at you straight from the surface of our moon. If you hear beeping, that means our oxygen is running out, so uh, keep, keep an ear open. Yeah, yeah, watch out for that. I'm Cody. I'm Sam. I'm Josh. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh no. I'm standing oh, on no. his oxygen oh, gosh. tube, I'm oh, sorry. God. Okay, here we go. How, all right. Is that better? Better? Oh, I'm Josh. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you all for tuning in. We have a great show for you this week. A uh, bunch of news to go over, but first, let's talk about a few things we have been checking out through this fine fine week that, that was called good improv we worked right we that. we did the group we did the improv <laughs> yes and comedy yeah. comes in threes yes and <laughs> <laughs> let's see check it out i oh. guess i can go first oh sorry. go for it yeah go for it let's see here um i have been playing yakuza zero very good choice always a good choice to play yakuza games well i've decided to not, like you talk about it a lot and i was like you know what i'll give them a shot and by shot i mean Punch. Get Punch. in fist fights with people and watch people cut their pinkies off. <laughs> but also, like, play classic games and... Oh, yeah. Like... So far, though, all I've really done is play darts, do karaoke, and play pool. The karaoke is hilarious, though. The dancing in the nightclub is hard. Oh, yeah. You gotta, you gotta be in the right position and doing the right move at the right time. Oh, it's, it's yeah. so stupid. But the animations are great. Oh, man, he's so... <laughs> like given his demeanor like the way he dances and stuff I was like it doesn't match up at all and it's hilarious <laughs> kiru is a many faceted many faceted individual <laughs> yeah like the karaoke like the very first karaoke when you do with uh your buddy um nishi yeah nishi it's like i'm like oh my god like there's like the whole like dream sequence where they have like headbands and they're playing like in a rock band yeah <laughs> i was like oh man i'm gonna love this game so all of this fun stuff in a game where you're a Yakuza member and you're like also beating people up and doing crimes. Yeah. So far, though, all I've really done is beat people up who pick fights with me. So. Well, that, oh, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. Kiri's not the kind to just beat somebody up for no reason. Sure. I mean, yeah, that does open to you beating a businessman in an alley for a shakedown. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's a pretty honorable dude, though. He's not... Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not a Grand Theft Auto man. Oh no, no, no. That's right. That's I like Yakuza so much more than Grand Theft Auto because it kind that's kind of what it is Mm -hmm. with less driving. Yeah, with no driving and no shooting. Well, I mean there is shooting, but it doesn't play like a shooter. It's more like it's more like Streets of Rage than anything (laughs) else, really. Oh no, I've been enjoying it. I'm not terribly far. I've been kicked out of the family, and I'm kind of like doing like a investigation right now i feel like there's a part in every yakuza game where you get kicked out of the family at some point but yeah zero is probably my favorite of the ones i've played i mean i'm enjoying it part of me is like hating the loading screens they so, got rid of those in six so oh if you good get six, there's, it doesn't so, load there's anymore. so many and sometimes it feels almost like almost retro in a way because like the game like the menus and the way everything looks is it, it feels like an older game yeah, it it's it has a tradition it's stuck to. A mm. lot of Japanese games get that way where mm-hmm. like this this is what kind of game we've made and we're going to stick to it. That's why when Zelda like when Zelda changes to Breath of the Wild it's such a big deal cuz right. we're used to these same traditions. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. 
I don't know. Uh, I've been playing it. I've been really liking it. I love how you can, if you don't want to do a fight, you can distract them by just tossing money into the air. <laughs> you haven't done that yet. Uh, I think you have to get to a certain point where you can do that. Because it's all about the 1980s Japanese bubble economy where everybody mm-hmm. has all this money. Yeah. Man, I have so much money. <laughs> that, that game is so good at putting you in a place that feels real. Like, it feels like you're really in you know, Japan or whatever. What's the place called? Oh, uh... It's a, it's a fictional place that's based on an actual place. That I yeah, can't... it's a fictional part of Tokyo. Yamarocho. Yeah. Mm. And every game really put you into this place and f- that feels like a real physical place, but this one adds time to it, and it feels like you're in a real physical place in a real period of time. Oh, it's so 80s and so ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> like neon lights everywhere, and it's... I was oh I went to a convenience store and I was looking at magazines on the shelves. Yeah, you can look at the old '80s magazine covers. It's really I was sitting excellent. there and I'm like flipping through. And I'm like I'm like, what's hot dog? <laughs> it's a it's a fashionable gentleman's magazine, like uh, like a GQ. Oh jeez. I was like, why hot dog? <laughs> and then I I looked at the shonen and like the guy on the cover totally looked like a JoJo character. Oh probably because that was about was that time '80s. Sure. Yeah. Uh, oh, it's always JoJo time. But it is. Oh, true. Yeah. True, true, true. I hope they. I hope we get a review copy of Yakuza Kiwami 2, because that's coming out soon. That would be nice. That would be Oh, yeah, I bought Kiwami cool. 1, too, but I, I haven't played it yet. Yeah, I'm gonna play I'd wait until you finish Zero. It's, Kiwami uh, 1 will feel kind of a retread. Oh, well. Like, it's, it's not that different, but it's still good. Yeah, because I know <laughs> it's a remake of 1. Yeah. Um, let's see here. What else? But Z- zero is a lot bigger. This will feel smaller and kind of weird in comparison. Oh, okay. But it's still worth worth playing. All right. Uh, man, I played a bunch of stuff on the PlayStation Now. I went back and played uh, Poker Night Two. Oh, that's such a good game. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Is that the one with um, Strong Bad? No, or is that po- that was Poker Night One. Yeah, it? it's the one with Brock Sampson, Claptrap. That's the one. Yeah. Um. Ash from Evil Dead and, and uh, Sam and Sam. Max. Also, Max is there, but yeah, he's yeah. not playing. <laughs> yeah, Max played in one, and it was weird because Sam wasn't there. Mm-hmm. And then it put me in the mood to try to play, go back and play um, the Sam and Max games they have on the PlayStation now. They don't control real well on the console. Oh no, I imagine not because oh. they're very mouse driven. Like I'm sitting there, like I can't click on certain things I want to click on. I'm like, I hate this. This is <laughs> awful. <laughs> they're good on the Wii. Well, I have the first season on the Wii, <laughs> but that's basically a mouse. It's a ba- pointing pretty device. much, yeah, <laughs> pointing yeah. mouse. <laughs> oh, those uh, games are so good! Though. I wish everybody would play a Sam and Max, mm-hmm. so they would make a new one. For that them. would be great. <laughs> that's what I want out of Telltale more than anything is for them to just make a game that's funny again. Yeah, yeah. So it seems. Uh, yeah, I've never played a Sam and Max game, but it looks so goofy. They're, oh, it is. They're great. Their back and forth is so always hilarious. Mm-hmm. I mean the 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 back and forth they have in Poker Night is pretty funny. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's why I'm glad they added both Sam and Max in the yeah. second one because Max by himself is is funny, but the whole point is the their back and forth. Mm-hmm. Like like they're sitting there and they're talking about like how kind of off Max is. <laughs> 
And like Max is like sitting back in like the booth and like he's in a and he's a little in a little booster seat. Yeah, and he's like <laughs> he's like hey Sam, I think I've hit brain. He's like picking his nose or something. I'm like oh my god. Uh, and also reminded me how bad I am at poker. Oh, I'm awful at poker, but I enjoy those games. I, d- yeah. I do enjoy it a lot. And then like, of course, there's you know quips from Glados, and I'm like man, I love Portal. Yeah, <laughs> I, the claptrap is the low point of that game. Yeah, yeah. Other than that, I've let's see here. I've watched both the CG anime Godzilla films on Netflix. Are they good? Uh, Planet of the Monsters and uh, City of the City at the Age of Battle or something like that. Mm-hmm. They're not bad. They're it's hard to explain. They're they're different. Godzilla is less a like a character in the movie is more of a almost like a force of nature or a a, a set piece. Like early Godzilla films. Yeah, yeah. Um, like how Godzilla should... Well, no, I'm not going to say that. I was going to say like there's, Godzilla there's, should be, but there's room for both. No, there is room for both. There's <laughs> there's positives and negatives to both I'm about to say, some of my ends. favorite Godzilla movies are ones that are very Godzilla-centric. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where Godzilla does the little dance and is, you know, here <laughs> to... Yeah. yeah, you can't get silly Godzilla if you've got Force of Nature Godzilla, and right. they're both a good in they're different ways. They're both good, yeah. <laughs> Um, I mean, they're, they're different. Um, I don't like the main character a lot, but it also, there's like, oh, there's some anime tropes in there that are a little annoying. Like he likes to scream a lot. Uh, not like in like a, not like a, not like a, a My Hero Academia way, but <laughs> God, more like he's just angry all the time kind of a way. Yeah. Have you gotten any further in My Hero Academia? Four episodes in, I hit the wall. I can't. <laughs> he just screams and cries so much. I mean, that sounds I like can't me. can't do it. <laughs> but that's just you know but you haven't gotten to where it's good probably not it, because it's not super great right now <laughs> that's all right all, all might's the all might really makes that show yeah <laughs> oh yeah he's the best part of that show and all, and all the other characters once you get to when he's in school are so good it's just that midoriya is the is, worst character he's, the, he's not the worst character that's mineta but He's not. He's so bland. He's like the. He's the Ash Ketchum of the show. Nobody cares about him. <laughs> uh, no, I would. I would prefer Ash Ketchum because at least Ash Ketchum doesn't scream and cry every episode, constantly, that's, all the time, forever. That's true. <laughs> he's going through a lot right now. He just got his powers. Uh, all Might might be his dad. I don't think all might. No, is I know, I know. Sad, I, know. It's, it's, I mean, you could argue it. I there, mean, there's <laughs> the there's the joke in the fandom that all might and I Midori's mom, mom are like yeah. really close. Mm. But yeah, all might is so great. He might be one of my favorite anime characters of all time. <laughs> Man, it takes a lot of black to draw his face, <laughs> like the way all the deep, 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 super deep shadows go. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's American comics, look. Yeah, I know that's what I they're know. trying to do. Yeah. Uh, let's see here, but yeah, the Godzillas are. I don't know. They're not bad. Uh, there's just a lot of, I don't know. It, it's there's just a lot going on in it, and there's like this weird, super weird sci-fi techno futurism in it because it takes place in the in the super far future, and then they leave Earth for twenty years, but because of the warp travel they use to get back, twenty thousand years on Earth has passed. Mm, huh. So like humanity and Earth is no way what it used to be. Like that is a lot. That is a high concept for a Godzilla. Oh yeah, like the whole thing series. is like the whole thing with the movie is the fact that humans abandon Earth and they come back, 
the ecosystem. <laughs> and Godzilla's like, what the heck? No, like the ecosystem of the Earth has basically evolved to serve Godzilla as its dominant species. Yeah, it's Kaiju mm. Earth now. It, yeah, but not. <laughs> uh, like, there's monsters and stuff, but and plants and like plants that you know you can't cut with a knife because they have Godzilla cells in them. That's an interesting concept, but it you're is. right. It is a, it's a lot of lot for Godzilla. The yeah. second movie is very Mothra reference heavy, though. Cool. Oh, that's cool. I like and, Mothra. And then the third movie is going to feature um, Ghidra. I was going to say it's either Ghidra or Rodan. Those are the other two well, I mean, major ones. King Ghidorah. Yeah, King Ghidorah is he's definitely like you know the Godzilla like you know antagonist. Mm-hmm. When you think of like monsters that Godzilla fights, yeah, you've got like a billion of them, but it's really all about that stupid three-headed golden dragon. It's either him or Mecha Godzilla. Yeah, well, the I mean, there's, one a I heavy, there's, there's a lot of there's a lot of Biollante. <laughs> and Hydra, the, the trash monster. <laughs> Ugh, so stupid. Um, I've put a lot of time into Unavowed, which is the the newest point and click adventure game from uh wajid wait wait wait! you play point and click adventure games yeah no one would ever guess i haven't in a while this is the first <laughs> one in a long time <laughs> and it's, it's brand new just came out it's it's very very good the story is is excellent it's like an urban fantasy thing mm-hmm. uh where your character which you can choose your gender and your backstory oh wow That's from, pretty dope from three different backstories that you play through and you get you were possessed before the game starts. You were possessed by a demon, and you did a, a whole bunch of terrible stuff. And the the unavowed, which is a group of people who fight supernatural things in in New York, exercise the demon out of you. And the game involves going back through and finding out you know what you did when you were possessed and trying to fix it and trying to stop this demon. <laughs> it, it's really good. The the like I said, the writing is excellent. Um, you get to make your your like party of characters, which is different for a point and click. You you'll like get more people into the unavowed over time. They each have their own skills you can use to solve different puzzles and abilities. Like one guy can talk to ghosts, so if you see a ghost in an area, if you have him with you, you can talk to that ghost. Mm-hmm. Hey hey Gary hey Gary, uh, talk to this guy. Okay, uh, boo boo boo. <laughs> <laughs> Or there's there's a guy that's a fire mage, so if you need something with fire, he can help you through that. Okay, cool. And they have cool like like party conversations while you're walking around, like in a like a Bioware game would have. Mm-hmm. So it it picks and chooses a lot of stuff from like Bioware games and and RPGs and kind of implants them into a point and click adventure game, and it does it really well. That sounds interesting. Yeah, sounds cool. Yeah, the the only issue is like. It's segmented into different areas, and once you go into an area, you can't leave until you've finished it. No. So if you get stuck in that area, you're stuck in that area, <laughs> which kind of sucks, because most adventure games, they'll give you more than one thing to do at a time. Mm-hmm. So if you go one way and get stuck and can't figure it out, you've at least got something else you can work on, but not not in this one. <laughs> and I think that's just because of all the variables. Like You could be one of three different characters. You can have one of four different people with you at that time and like i i understand why it's the way it is but it's still it kind of sucks it's frustrating in that way the game doesn't suck the game's amazing <laughs> i w- it's only like 15 bucks i think maybe 13 because it just came out and it's on sale 
I w- but I would 100% you know, seal of approval recommend. Oh, excellent. Unavowed. Cool. Good deal. Speaking of urban fantasies, you reminded me, I watched Bright. Oh, oh man, no. I'm sorry. I heard that's very bad. Oh, man, was it a stinker. Yeah, it's not great. I got about 10 minutes into it and couldn't do it. Like, it had so much potential. Yeah. Like, I saw the Centaur Riot Cop, and I was like, oh, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. No. No, it's not. No. Isn't, it just, isn't that just like Shadowrun? Low-tech, low-fantasy Shadowrun. More it's, lo- it's alienation. Yeah, it is. Except the message isn't as good. Yeah. Well, it's by, what's his name? Max Landis. Max Landis, so no wonder it's like, terrible. Like, half the time, it almost seems like Will Smith himself is just phoning it in. And well, his... he is. He knew it was a Netflix movie and was like, yeah, it's a paycheck. Also, his character has, like, no character development. He's a jerk at the beginning. He's a jerk at the end. The best character in the whole stupid movie is the orc cop Nick. Isn't Max Landis's company called like Trigger Warning Entertainment or something? Yes, something. Yeah, yes. yeah, because he's so edgy. Like the makeup was really good, and some of the special effects were really good. But beyond anything else, it was it was not a good movie. I was incredibly disappointed, but I was also going in. With very low expectations. That's even worse. Like, you knew it was going to be bad, and then it's like, oh, God, this is worse than I thought. <laughs> I had a hard time sitting through the whole thing. I really did. It's rough. You're, I don't give up on movies often, but like... Yeah, you're a stronger man than I. I, I can't even uh, start the thing. Couldn't do it. I'll get I'll, I'll get back to it at some point, but like... I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> you're doing yourself a service. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, you know, I can do mine real quick. I somehow stumbled into an accidental Alan Rickman marathon uh-huh. this week that is still ongoing. Um, I watched three different Alan Rickman films. First one was Galaxy Quest. We, uh, we were talking about it. We were it talking about time. it. And that's what was kind of kicked it <laughs> off because we were like, oh, yeah, I'll watch, uh, watch Galaxy Quest. S- holds up. Best Star Trek it. movie. The, the best. It is one of my favorite movies of all time. Mm-hmm. It really is. It's Con very, is very the good. Best Star Trek movie. I don't know. Have you seen Con lately? (laughs) It's probably been like eight years. It's very talky. Well, it's Star Trek. Well, that's true. That is Star Trek. But I don't know. Galaxy Quest. I love, I love Galaxy Quest. I mean, by Grapthar's hammer. Mm -hmm. You shall be avenged. You shall be avenged. Yeah. (laughs) And And that is the portion of our show where we quote Galaxy Quest. Yes. I mean, all the time. Yeah. (laughs) But uh, no, uh, it's crazy to see some of the um, like background actors that uh, ended up going on and doing other Bigger things. things yeah yeah dwight is one of from the office rain wilson is one of the background aliens on the oh, ship he is yeah and um and one of the one of the two lead aliens he's the guy who recruits ryan reynolds into the program in deadpool one yep because i remember that he keeps making fun of him so I'm like that's the dude from galaxy quest that's the dude from galaxy quest yeah yeah uh but no it's it's Really good. Highly recommended. Uh, the second one was one that I had never seen. And I'll be honest, uh, if I wasn't made to sit down and watch it, I probably would never have gone to it. I watched Sense and Sensibility, huh? which is not exactly my forte. I'm not a uh, period Jane Austen. Jane, Aust- Jane Austen. Yeah. Not typically that type of fan, I mean, but it was fine. It was he good. Such a, he has such a minor part in that movie you but know he, he's, but he is in it that's he, the point <laughs> no i mean he's in it he does have a pretty major part actually i mean he's not 
he's very important at the very beginning. He kind of filters in a little bit and then he's very important at the end. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was fine. I kind of knew what the twists were going to be. They telegraph him a mile away, but I mean, it was it's a Jane Austen. They're yeah. all, they're all very similar, mm-hmm. but it was, it was very well acted. I mean, oh, uh, yeah. you know, um, Kate Winslet and, uh, uh Emma Thompson, Hugh Laurie has a bit part. He's probably my favorite character in the whole film. Oh yeah. Because, uh, he's a jerk. He, he just sits back and like his, reads the paper. Yeah, he sits back and reads the paper. His wife is like a you know a deb- debutante or whatever, and she's, she's like socialite. Socialite. Yeah. She's you know always saying these things, and there's what she's saying is like completely like factually wrong, and he's just back there you know sitting back being snarkily like correcting her like <laughs> like well not correcting but like just saying no that's not it. No. Yeah, he's he is probably my favorite character. But in that yeah, movie. he's he's pretty great. But, but as no. far as like those movies go, or like the not even just the movies because there's the mini <laughs> those series. movies. You mean no, those movies? No, no. Pride and Prejudice. Sure, I really like Pride and Prejudice. Yeah, it's both fine. of them. Yeah, and then you know the best version of Pride and Prejudice ever. You know, with zombies. <laughs> no, uh, Bridget Jones's Diary. <laughs> yeah, I never well, saw sure. the Pride and Prejudice with zombies. I heard it's terrible. It's not great. The book wasn't good either. No, no. Uh, and the third one uh, we watched was uh, Die Hard. Because, mm. hey, yeah. Die Hard, which is, a great I mean, movie. holds up 100%. I still argue that it is, it is not, not a Christmas It's not movie. a Christmas movie. It's a movie set at Christmas. There's a distinct distinction. If it were a Christmas movie, you probably wouldn't have wanted to watch it in, <laughs> Jul- er, in not July, in August. In, in August, yeah. No, my argument has always been if you take Christmas out of the movie, set it at any other holiday, it would still work with very minor yeah. adjustments. It would still work. Um, Whereas you have a movie like uh, nightmare before Christmas, where if you take the Christmas out of that, there is no plot. It does not work. It also could be a Halloween movie though too. Eh, I think it's more of a Christmas movie than a Halloween movie because you it's take the Christmas in the title. Yeah. For one. Well, <laughs> you take, you take the Halloween setting out of uh, nightmare before Christmas. You get a story about a, just a guy who wants to be Santa Claus. Yeah. You take the Christmas out of Nightmare Before Christmas. You get anymore. some skeleton man who you get, you get like, ten minutes of a Halloween special. Uh, yeah. um. <laughs> but you could watch it at either time. You could watch it, it at either sense. time, but Which it's I more do. of a Christmas movie than it is a Halloween movie. Yeah. Um uh, Speaking of like Alan Rickman things, have yes. you ever seen uh Love Actually? I haven't. That's actually I, that's on the list. I have not. That's a good movie. Yep, Love Actually is on the list. It's, it's uh, probably one of my favorite romantic comedy films. Mm-hmm. But it's like one of those ones where you have like a billion actors in it with yeah. like a bunch of mini stories. Oh yeah, no, I know the uh I know the the general plot. Yeah, they it, all and they I all have... kind of intersect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But no, that's on the list. Um He's a jerk between in that, movie that too. one um I know Robin Hood is is on the list because he's Sheriff of Nottingham. Oh yeah. I know Dogma is is on the list say, yeah. because you that's need to watch that's Dogma there. If you're going on a Rickman, mm-hmm. uh, yes, uh, you got about eight Rick Harry, Marathon. Yeah. You got about eight Harry Potter movies to get probably, through. Well, Harry Potter, sure. Dogma's um, probably the best Kevin Smith movie. Oh, that's my favorite of them. Yeah, it's definitely the the one with like the most grander scope and the mm-hmm. most well put together. Yeah, I used to be one of those guys that was like, oh man, Chasing Amy's the best one he's done. It does not hold up in any way, oh, shape, no. or form oh, no, in today's. I can't see that. Yeah. No, oh my God! There's no. It it is hard to watch. Yeah, you say that though, but of its time, Jersey Girl. Well, <laughs> I didn't think that was that. It Jersey was Girl was fine. You know, it doesn't really do anything all that interesting. But 
but at the, the same time, to kill but at the same time, yeah. it's not it's not part of the Views, Jersey Chronicles or the whatever. Views the universe. universe, yeah. Uh, no, but I th- I really think Dog was probably the his best of the of the bunch. Yeah. Plus, Hitchhiker's Guide is going to be in there because oh, yeah, yeah, he's the sad robot. He's the that's sad a, robot. That's a good movie. And I'm sure there's going to be even book. more like uh, more obscure ones that he was. He's in. voiced a lot of stuff. He's dude. done a just, lot of things. Yeah. Wasn't I want to say Alan Rickman's in a an like when he was really young. It was an old Shakespeare. Uh, oh, probably. There was sure. like a, there was like a Romeo and Juliet where he plays one of the characters in it. I'm sure. Yeah, he um he was a, a strictly a stage actor until he, he was in his 40s. I mean, um, Die Hard I think was his if not his first, it was one of his first like actual theatrical roles. Like his, his breakout or whatever. Like no, just like one of his first oh, ones. Okay. Like he did not get into like theatrical acting until until um, later in life. But yeah, no, I I it, I it was an accidental Rickman marathon, and I am so glad it's happened. It's it's great. <laughs> also, Kevin Smith's worst movie, Yoga Hosers. I still haven't seen it because I had to turn it off. Oh yeah, I made I've, it about ten minutes and I turned it off. I've I heard that one's not great. I could not take his his like teen dialogue like trying to write for a teen Duh. and the fa- on top of the fact that he's also writing for his daughter his daughter like, this is weird yeah it was weird boy tusk sure was something wasn't i it? liked tusk no. never saw that one either it was tusk i mean was it was so it was good it was, i enjoyed it it was weird but yeah man that was uh and that guy something. that that plays the the tusk guy i forget mm-hmm. his name but he is a he's a just fantastic. Oh actor. yeah, no, he's the best. He's the best part of that film. But yeah, if if you can make it just for his like monologues mm-hmm. and stuff, it's worth it just for that. Oh yeah, yeah. Kind of the same thing with Red State because mm-hmm. he's, oh, he's in that too. He's the, yeah, he's State. the preacher in Red State, which right. I think Red State's a good movie. Red State's fine. It is a yeah. It is a Red State. I feel like is a little too real for me. <laughs> it's it's good, like, in there. especially the time it came out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I was like, ooh, yep. I mean, I watched it, and then John Goodman shows it up. I'm like, yes. <laughs> so, so who's looking forward to Moose Jaws? Heck, I'll his, watch his mo- next movie where I'll it's watch Jaws, moose, moose Jaws, but it's a moose. As long as it's more like Tusk and less like Yoga Hosers. T- the uh, the Tusk Walrus is supposed to fight the Moose Jaws oh. in it at some point. Then yeah, I'm down. Yeah, I mean, moose are already terrifying as they are. Yeah, I mean, come on, they're. Steroid deer is as big as a house. <laughs> I mean, seriously, moose they're are huge. huge. They're humongous. Yeah, and they're aggressive and territorial. Yeah, mm-hmm. moose jaws works. Yeah, you know, theoretically, if if you think about it, you know, it's just as, it could be just as scary as jaws. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, with that, let's go ahead and take a break, and when we get back, we'll get into a little bit of news. All my friends is at Nerd Overload. It's me, Mario. Woohoo! Mamma mia! You guys, you number Jump 
It's the is it UHF? No, it's off of the Dare to Be Stupid album. Oh, yeah. It, oh, yeah. That would make sense. Yep. Yep. <laughs> but it uh, was in UHF. Yeah, it was in UHF. It, no, it was also in uh, the Transformers animated movie. Yes, it in was. the eighties, and when they went to the junk planet. Oh yeah. Yeah, with Eric Idle as the junk planet robot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that that weird that's that weird a, sequence. That's a good movie. It is a good movie. Uh, I don't, was I don't like Transformers, and I like that movie. So anyway, we played that because uh, leading off our news segment for the week, uh, Weird Al is uh, finally officially getting a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. It's about darn time. I mean, he's an institution at this point. At this, yeah. He has been for years. I thought he had one, to <laughs> be honest. Right? Yeah, you would think, mm-hmm. but uh, apparently not till now. Yeah, and you know, people make a huge deal out of this uh star on the walk of fame it's not really you basically there's no like voting process or anything you basically you just, buy it you buy a space 
and and they make it for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but Al didn't buy his. Al didn't buy his. Fans uh, put money together to do it for him, which is pretty nice. And that's pretty awesome. That's that's how it should be done, you know? Because, yeah. yeah, if you just buy it for yourself, that seems kind of hollow, if you ask me. Yeah. Like most of the people's. <laughs> well, yeah. but uh, They just added Mark Hamill not too long ago, too. Mm-hmm. I doubt he paid for that himself either. I don't know. I don't, yeah, I don't think he did. And you know what? Uh, Adam West, a few years ago, right before he passed, fans, his his family raised the money for him. Like, he wasn't doing it himself, but his yeah. family bought and him he, a spot. And he should definitely be on there. Uh, yeah. He's, a, he's also an institution. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like if you are, if you are like a living embodiment of American pop culture, you need to be on there. Yeah. Yes. And Weird Al definitely. Weird Al, oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And he's continued since to, forever. He's continued to be relevant since the eighties. I mean, listen, there there have been uh, parody songwriters well before Al, and there's going to be parody songwriters after Al. But he is the parody. Yeah, but they will never. be They will Al. never be Al. They'll like when you think of parody songs, Weird Al is the first. Like him or not, Weird Al is the first guy you think of. Everyone knows. You don't think of like Alan Sherman. You don't think of like Doctor Demento. Doctor, you know any of that stuff? Yeah. When when you think of Weird Al, then the next step is Doctor Demento. Yeah, right. And his stuff holds up so well. Mm -hmm. It's and it's always it's timeless. Good nature, good natured or timeless. Mm -hmm. Even Fat. Like I listened to Fat the other day. I'm like, this probably is going to be kind of offensive. No, it's not. It's not. It's not. He the, does it right. The <laughs> the character in it is very much proud of of his size. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I, you know he he's great. He's a he's great to his fans. He puts on an excellent live concert. Yeah, I've seen him uh, a couple times live and uh, got to meet him very very briefly. Fun fact: if you go to a concert, uh, go around to the back where his uh, tour bus is. He will, for about 20 minutes after the show, he'll just sit on the steps of the bus and talk and sign things. He always seems like a re- pretty down-to-earth kind yeah. of guy. Yeah, His VIP um, concert packages are actually, like, it's like 200 bucks. But, but compared still, to other bands' packages like that, it's that's a really that's good a, deal. That's a deal. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. But no, congratulations, Weird Al. I, you're, I know you're listening. Yeah. <laughs> I know you're listening to this particular podcast because, you know. Because you're listening to all podcasts. All podcasts at all, time. at all times. Yeah. But, uh, but no, congrats. That's uh, really awesome. So uh, do we want to jump into a little bit of game news? Um, sure. We have a couple of things here. Cody, where do you want to start with this stuff? Let's, let's dip our toes in Super Smash Brothers a little bit since we talked about it so much last week. We'll get it out of the way first. Let's get it out of the way, yeah. We mentioned that during that Smash Brothers Direct that they had blurred out part of the menu screen for some sort of game mode mm-hmm. that they weren't ready to reveal yet. Somebody put their Photoshop skills to the test mm-hmm. online and uh, managed to unscramble it enough to reveal that it, the mode was called Spirits. Yeah. Do, do we know what that is? No. Now... For all we know, Spirits can be a working title for it. Maybe it's not like the final, maybe they, it was just a, a placeholder name for the mode. But yes, someone went through and between like going frame by frame and kind of seeing where the, you know, pixels, pixels lines up and stuff pixels like that. Are. I can tell by the pixels. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I am guessing that it's probably some kind of story mode. Yeah. That'd be my best which, guess. Uh, which is great. It actually makes a lot of sense as to why. Uh, the last couple of uh, character reveal trailers for this game have involved 
uh, classic hero characters being uh, taken out or otherwise killed off. But, yeah. Think of the uh, the Ridley trailer. Yeah, Mario and Mario Mega, Mega, Man. Mega Man were were knocked out in um, the Castlevania reveal. Luigi was Luigi. just straight up killed <laughs> on screen in cold blood by death. Yeah, um, wrecked. King K. Rule pretty much demolished King Dedede. Yeah. I mean, and all of Donkey Kong and all of Island, the, really. and all of the Donkey Kongs. Yeah, I mean, he finally got his wish. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, we're we may be looking at a, a story mode where Maybe a lot of the villains are coming together and kind of taking out their hero characters it's in the one Smash big brothers equivalent to the House of Villains. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> uh, I mean, are we gonna get some sort of Nintendo Legion of Doom? That would be awesome. Yeah. Oh, oh my god, that, that would, would be, be so good. That would be so good. But yeah, maybe would Wario be in there? I think Wario for the can go either way for the Wario goes both ways. <laughs> I'm sure he does. Because <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no. he's been a bad guy, but like in, in Mario's the Mario 64 remake on DS, he's a playable sure. main good yeah. guy. He's he's become more of like anti-hero than than bad guy. Yeah. I think, but uh, in Subspace Emissary, he was definitely a bad guy. Yeah, he was on the bad guy team, so I would uh, I would mm-hmm. say. Yeah, uh, but no, I I love story modes and fighting games. I think it's, I think it's great. I, so I think that the yeah. last Smash Brothers felt kind of hollow without one. Yeah, I agree. So yeah, I'm all for it. That's look, cool. Look, look, maybe it won't be a story mode at all, and it's just you fighting a computer ghost clone of your however way you fight. <laughs> yeah, that could be kind of like ghost racing in Mario Kart. Yeah. <laughs> But no, um, it's a battle royale. Yeah, a hundred oh, fighters. A hundred fighters enter, one oh, leaves. God. You know how hard that would be to 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 play. Oh yeah, eight eight is too many. I can't keep track of it when there's eight players on screen. Have you guys forgotten fighting polygon team? Oh yeah, that there is a one versus a hundred <laughs> mirror match mode kind of Jeez, thing. Easy um, crazy. But no, uh, I'm hoping you know even if it's not to the entire scale of sus- sub- the uh, last story mode subspace emissary which was massive like it had a map and like that was it was basically a kirby it, it played was, like a kirby it game. was basically a kirby game yeah but even if this is just like a cutscene followed by a one-on-one match or a cutscene followed by a one-on-two match with pre-picked you know players on both yeah, sides like, like melee but with cuts i don't even need cutscenes, just as long as there's just something yeah some kind of story. I like yeah. some I like, meat, some meat mm, on those bones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm in. I'm in for it. Well, I'm. They can be cutscenes, even if they're not like fully animated, like expensively produced cutscenes. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know, slide around some stills with some text. I don't care. Sure. Just give me something. You know what? It took uh, Capcom almost no time and no money to put together their uh, their story mode, and they used in-game assets to do it. It was a fully 3D voice acted situation. I, I don't know how much voice acting you're going to get out of the characters in, in this Smash game. Brothers, Smash yeah. Brothers, because Nintendo characters typically do not talk. Yeah, unless you're like, I guess Wario now. Wario talks. Yeah, <laughs> Wario's Wario allowed talk. to say full sentences now. Yeah, sure. Oh man, I'm just imagining Mario in full sentences is weirding me out. It is weird. Uh, you can find it. Charles Martinet does it. Oh well, yeah, I know. Charles Martinet did it for our show. Remember? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, right. He did a thing. Uh, so yeah, so let's go move on from that because we did a lot of uh, fighting game talk last week and we can't really stick on that do too long. Do you want to talk about ROMs? Might, well, you mentioned it. We might as well do okay. it real quick. Um, I mean, I do like Space Knights. Not ROM Space Knight. Oh. A different kind of ROM. 
the files that are the images of old classic games that people put up on the internet mm-hmm. that aren't exactly legal, um, they're getting harder to get a hold of because Nintendo has cracked down on them. I mean, yeah, they basically packaged and merchandised their own retro pies, so... Yeah, but yeah, they, they've sued a ROM site where people go to obtain these these games for free Mm -hmm. and that's gone and then other rom sites have decided that they're going to just voluntarily take all their stuff down so they don't get in trouble um i mean which sounds all right because what they're doing is not exactly legal anyway yeah but when you think about it it really kind of stinks because no one else is doing anything to preserve all of these games that you otherwise couldn't really get you know Back when, see that's that's the thing. Back when CRT TVs were a little easier to get a hold of, uh, the case could be made that yeah, you, if you want to play the game, go buy the system, go buy the game, even if you find it a you know used store, game used game store yeah, yeah, or whatever. Yeah. But older hardware is getting it's getting harder and harder for older hardware to work on newer televisions. Yeah. So we're just flat losing a lot of these yes. classic games, and I mean they're. Nintendo put out a ton of games, and not all of them were AAA, super awesome, memorable games. A lot of them were like kind of uh, junky. Chester Cheetah. Yeah. Um, cool Spot. Cool Spot. Hey, I liked Cool Spot. But another thing about those games, they'll never, they'll never deal with the licensing on There's those games again. Never going to happen. Not in a million it's, years. It's, nobody's going to pay money to give you a chance to play Cool Spot again. It's not worth it. No. But it still is. An important cultural artifact that needs to be preserved. Yeah. No one <laughs> wants to replay Acro the Acrobat. Ugh. <laughs> but it's an important but cultural artifact. But if we don't, Superman if it's not 64. preserved, then it's, ne- you know, it's going to be lost to time. Yeah, they'll never re-release Superman 64. No. But there's value in experiencing Superman 64. It, exactly, exactly. Like watching a bad movie. Yeah. That's really bad. And, like, a lot of indie developers wouldn't be as good at uh, making games if they didn't have access to this vast library of old games to know, you know, what works, what Mm -hmm. doesn't, what you can take from this game or this game and put in your own game. It's a valuable resource. A lot of indie developers got their, these days, got their starts on ROM hacks, where they would take existing games and change, like, go in and manually change assets and things around. And we might lose that, and that's a shame. There's got to be a solution to this problem, and mm -hmm. this isn't, this isn't it. And you know, Nintendo is only cracking down on this now because with their um, retro systems on the market, it is now in direct competition to yeah the things that they are trying to make actively make money on especially since they're so easy to hack into and add games to Mm -hmm. yeah exactly you know which is really cool if you get a chance to to hack one of those classic systems mm -hmm. it's absolutely worth it oh sure oh absolutely (laughs) now a lot of these websites are disappearing a lot of this stuff's kind of going you're never going to see it completely disappear from the internet no they're always going to be around it's just going to become harder to find we're going to specifically know really where to look. And, and yeah. you're going to have to go to shadier and shadier websites where you get more and more spyware and exploits and put into your computer from it. Yeah. And we've got people like, like Frank Cifaldi that runs a nonprofit for preserving mm. uh, video games. It's like the 
video game history foundation or something so people are trying they're trying the best they can but yeah. they're working an uphill battle on yes. something that is actually kind of important absolutely like with movies there's a huge chunk of time where we just don't have those movies anymore they're gone yeah because the people either threw them away or they got burned up in a fire because mm-hmm. they just didn't think it was value look at there dr who value. yeah look how many them. episodes does dr who are just flat out gone yeah. because bbc decided you know what we need these tapes to record some other garbage yeah <laughs> there was also the the bbc fire which ruined a lot of stuff yeah yeah so luckily there's there's people you know realizing what could happen but it shouldn't be this uphill of a battle mm-hmm. so oh. y- you can still you know download zero the kamikaze squirrel if you know where to look <laughs> <laughs> So this other thing is um, games related, but it's more like uh, um, journalism, journalism related. Kind of, yeah. Ethics and game. It's literally about ethics and game journalism oh, this Lord, time. For here real. We go. <laughs> uh, Philip Mushin, is that how you pronounce it? Might as well be. He's a guy that writes for IGN. They found out uh, he's been plagiarizing stuff from other sources on the internet, apparently for a long time. For years, yeah. Four years, and he's gotten called out on it a couple times, but this last one seems to have really stuck. Yeah, IGN has fired him off of the website and removed a large majority of his reviews because they are plagiarism. Yeah. he's just, He'll just go find a smaller website, mm-hmm. which compared to IGN, they're all smaller, they're all smaller websites, websites, or a YouTube uh, video essay, yeah. and just almost word for word swipe content and put him in his own reviews. Yeah, this last one, the one that he got nailed on was for a game. Was it Dead Cells? Yeah, yeah. It was a uh, wasn't it like a video? I think it was like a video review. Yeah, he stole it from, from a, uh, some Brazilian YouTuber from like it was like Boomstick Boomstick Gaming. Or gaming. Something. I th- yeah, I think I think they're like Brazilian or something like that. And he basically took the transcript from that and um, like subbed out a few words here and there. It's like. It's like a ninth grade plagiarism 101. Yeah. You take some you take a thing that's already been written, you switch out a couple of words and you present it as your own. And he's gotten away with it for years and now he finally got stuck. Good. Good good I on IGN to to can this guy. Why do you get into games writing if you don't want to write? Yeah. It's bizarre to me. As somebody who writes game reviews, I enjoy yeah, uh, writing down my opinion on games. It's why I do it. And here's the thing. If you didn't like the game, play 30 minutes, write an article about why you didn't like the game, and move on with your life. Piece of cake. Yeah. This It comes down to this guy couldn't be bothered to do his job. So he took the easy way out. And his, and job, his job is not exactly the hardest yeah, job out job there to begin with. what other people do for fun, for downtime. <laughs> yeah, so... I'm not going to say writing games reviews is easy. It's It's not easy. No, No. I mean, we've all written some reviews here, and it's it's not easy. But but it's not worth risking plagiarism. (laughs) Especially when it's the guy's career. It's his main source of income. And he's at IGN, which is arguably the biggest. That's the big show. Yeah, it's the biggest (laughs) one. Uh. And now, because of that, no one will probably hire him. Oh, yeah, he's done. He's done. Yeah. And you know what? And he hasn't Good. really owned up to it either. He's done a couple YouTube videos about it, which he also monetized. because. Of oh, course. sure. Because <laughs> he needs to, because now he has no job. Yeah. So, you know, you got caught. You're a you're a ding dong. Mm-hmm. You know, he get he got what's coming to him. Yep. You asked me. Well, well there, uh, there is 
ethics in game journalism. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, to uh, lighten the mood a little bit, I want to talk about Mac and Me. Is this, are we on Conan? Are you Paul Rudd? I might be Paul Rudd on Conan. So, oh, I forgot he, he does that. He, he does that every, every time. time, every single time. Oh, and he hates it. So, so yeah, uh, a little backstory. Mac and Me is a cheaply made uh, E.T. knockoff that was paid for uh, almost entirely by McDonald's. The name even sounds kind of like E.T. Mm-hmm. There's an extended <laughs> scene where they, he dances with Ronald McDonald in a McDonald's. Yeah, I haven't during seen the, film. the movie, but yeah, I have from seen the, that scene. Yeah, it's from the 80s. <laughs> Uh, the aliens look awful. You might re- you might have seen uh, clips used on Conan um, whenever Paul Rudd shows up on the Conan O'Brien show uh, to promote a movie. They always int- introduce the the clip from the movie, and it's always they always play the same scene from Mac and Me, where um, the the main character, the me, I guess the human, who is a, a little boy in a wheelchair, uh, falls off a cliff into a, a ravine. And uh, Mac looks very confused about it. Um, so anyway, uh, the end of the movie has like a vaguely E.T.-esque ending where something happens to the kid and uh, Mac uh, like does a thing, say, you know, you know, heals the kid and then leaves with his family to go off into space. That was not the original ending to the film, as it turns out. This has popped up here within the last week or so. And it's been it's crazy. Um Apparently, there was an original ending that was fil- shot, filmed, and deemed too dark for a children's film. So because it was changed it in America, <laughs> but was uh, released in every other region around the world, including Japan. Japan recently got a Blu-ray copy uh, of Mac and Me <laughs> released. And on that, there is a high-def um, ver- video, and some guy's taken a really crummy video off his phone of it. Of a scene in which um, the police are tr- about ready to shoot Mac, the alien, and his family, and the wheelchair kid like goes to wheel <laughs> out Secret Services and <laughs> oh yeah oh, yeah yeah he goes to wheel out to kind of like warn the aliens, and a cop trips over like the bumper of his car and shoots the child in the back, and he dies. And it's really like it's graphic. dark. It's graphic. Yeah, like the kid like is wheeling like as fast as he can and he gets shot and he slumps over it. But the wheel, the, the, the wheelchair, <laughs> the wheelchair keeps just keeps on sliding. I shouldn't laugh, but it's like just how it doesn't fit in this. How totally just yeah. out of left field it is in comparison to the rest of the film, which is just a crummy family film. It's, it's crazy to watch. <laughs> Go look it up online. It's, it's nuts. Oh man. Oh, Mac and me. <laughs> I mean, the kid falling off the cliff wasn't dark enough. Yeah. yeah. Man, yeah, that kid has some bad some the, bad luck. That kid has some bad luck. Well, uh, thankfully, when he falls off the cliff, he has the magic ability to turn into an obvious dummy. <laughs> uh... Now, don't insult the kid's intelligence. <laughs> oh, it's a good joke. Nerd overload. You're fired. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. Uh, okay, so moving on from that, um, a couple of quick quick hits here. They've cast uh, a number of people for the live action Lady in the Tramp movie. That's the thing they're doing, apparently. Which uh... it's just another one in the trend of Disney wanting to make 
live action versions of all of their animated films. I, Stop I, it. I hate this. I mean, listen, I okay, I can understand like Cinderella. Yeah. You know, I can I can understand Beauty and the Beast because there's, you know, human characters and like the CG marvel of seeing the beast and like the living like pieces of furniture. I can understand that. It wasn't that great of it, a movie. It but, wasn't great. Yeah. Like um, Emma Watson looked like she was bored halfway through, halfway through it, and she was auto tuned to hell. <laughs> but I can understand the thought process behind it. You know what? I can even okay. I'll give him Jungle Book. It's not great, but at least there's a, a there's a kid. <laughs> I'll give it to him. Why do we need Lady and the Tramp? These these fully anim, animal casted movies it doesn't make sense to like, CG because it's now you're making a cartoon again. Who was asking for Lady and the Tramp anyway? There can't be many people on Earth who, when you ask who's your what's your favorite <laughs> Disney film, they say, they say oh my God, Lady and the Tramp. That scene where those two dogs smooch can't get enough life. of it. Changed my life. Yeah. Like now I cry into spaghetti every time I eat it. Yeah, every time I have a good spaghetti. I mean, <laughs> I mean, heck, you're gonna see more. You would have more people say that their favorite movie is Fox and the Hound or like Robin Hood. You know, the one Oodly Loodly hey, whatever. Hey, Robin, Hood, Robin Hood is one of my favorites. Robin Hood is a great movie. I mean, it's a good movie, Are but they like remake that with CG furries. <laughs> The Great Mouse I mean, Detective. I mean, yeah. I oh no, that's a good movie. That is a great movie. We're gonna see a bunch of CG. It's CG is a cartoon. It's cartoon. Yeah, it looks. It's all, just it looks a cartoon. More real, but it's a cartoon, and it's already like, a cartoon. Like the Lion King one. I'm like, they keep calling it the live action Lion King. I'm like, how is it gonna be the live action Lion King? Why do this? Why, why do this now? If they're wanting to remake all of their. 2D animated movies into 3D animated why films. Why are they already at the bottom why of are the barrel? They, why are they picking from the bottom and working their way up? <laughs> yeah. Have you seen the Dumbo like, trailer? Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's bad. It's not it's good. Tim Burton, but so... It's, it's, I don't no, know. I'm, done, I'm done with Tim Burton. I'm, Big Eyes was really good. Uh, Big Eyes was all right, but like I'm, by and large, his larger studio films, like Tim Burton has like a one for me, one for you kind of thing where he does one that he is behind in the one that he does for the studios to kind of make up the losses from the ones <laughs> right. that he wanted to do. And like the studio ones that he does, I'm just, I'm done. I'm yeah. out. It's kind of, it's kind of funny because he's kind of come full circle because he used to work for Disney. But yeah. 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 I don't know. Like Lady and the Tramp. Come on. Where's Little Mermaid? Yeah, exactly. Where's Little Mermaid? Have it compete directly with Aquaman. <laughs> that would be awesome. And you, know, and you know what? Little Mermaid would win. Oh, yeah, definitely. I'd see a live-action Little Mermaid before a uh, uh, the Aquaman yeah, film. Honestly, and I love yeah, Aquaman. Just Little not Mer- this particular Aquaman. Little Mermaid's a good, good movie. Yeah. Who would play Ariel? Anybody. <laughs> Anybody. Amy Adams. I mean, they're not going to talk for half the movie. <laughs> yeah. No, actually, I think Amy Adams. Hmm. She would be. A, she'd make a good Ariel because she, uh, you know, she did that movie where she was the the, the like animated princess that came to the real world anyway. So oh, she, yeah. so she oh, has the act down. Enchanted. That was a pretty good movie, actually. Yeah. yeah, she also, you know, is has a very expressive face. So you, all the scenes mm. without the voice, all the miming, that she'd all the miming. Do, yeah. yeah, the question is, who'd be uh, Ursula? Like, 
Because divine isn't. Do you just go ahead and cast a? Anymore? Do you cast uh, John Travolta? Have him reprise his role as the divine character <laughs> in another film because he was the uh, divine character in uh, Hairspray. Hairspray. Yeah. Oh man. I yeah. Forgot about that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> they wouldn't do that. No. no. It's too interesting. Yeah. <laughs> and if we know anything about these these uh, Disney the most remakes, obvious choice, they're not interesting. Yeah. Anyway. The the news here is that they've cast a bunch of people, including Tessa Thompson, who was Valkyrie in Thor three as Lady Which of that's Lady in the cool. Tramp. I like and she's that's, fantastic. And that's cool. She's great. She's voicing a CG cocker spaniel. Yeah. Yeah. I mean Yeah. I just don't understand why Lady and the Tramp. Yeah. I mean it, I, I feel like tier wise of Disney films, it's pretty low down there. Yeah. It's like, like it's, lower mid. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not quite Aristocats. Yeah. But it's close. It's not quite Oliver and Company. The One of the few Disney movies I've only seen once. Oliver <laughs> and Company is awful. Oh, yeah, it's, it's rough. Oh, it's so bad. Aristoc- Aristocats is great, though. I love that movie. Oh, really? <laughs> it was one of my favorites when I was a kid. Oh, see, it's I, it's it was one I didn't watch a whole lot of. Yeah. You also don't like cats. I don't like cats. <laughs> This is, this is well known. Anyway, that is all for this week. So we're going to have to wrap things up. You've been listening to Nerd Overload. Thank you very much for tuning in. You can find us each and every day over at nerdoverload.com. Hey, do you do social media? Do you do Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, Instagram? You can find us there at Nerd Overload Now. You can send us an email at staff at nerdoverload.com. You, you know, we ask questions. We'll answer them on air. Give us your Smash Brothers predictions, whatever you want. Tell us what movies Disney shouldn't do. Yeah, or should. <laughs> or should, yeah, why not? That'd be interesting. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel, Nerd Overload TV. Mm-hmm. Yep, just do a search for Nerd Overload over there. That's fine. Uh, we are also on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, anywhere that you can find a podcast. You can find our show. You can go back and listen to some of the older episodes. You can go all the way back to the beginning if you want. Back to the tail end of 2011, those many, many, many years ago, we've been doing it for that long. I wouldn't recommend it. No, I mean, it's probably real rough. It's real rough. I listened to the first one the other day. It's real rough, but you can do it. I don't, I don't even think we wrote down what we were going to talk about. No, point. we rambled for 45 minutes. It was rough. <laughs> hey, some of them were done in the car. Some of them were done in the car. That's right. While we were driving. Also, do you like t-shirts? Do you like to wear things? Because guess what? We have t-shirts. Go to our store. It's either on our homepage. There's a button for our store. Or you can go to bit.ly slash nerdoverloadt. That's nerdoverloadtee. It's the best we can do. I tried. (laughs) Every t-shirt you buy supports us and keeps us making this show. Yep. Keeps the lights on. You know. Plus, they're quite fashionable. They are. They're very nice. Yeah. I'm wearing one right now. Yeah. And I love it. See, there you go. Yeah. Comfortable. Not chafing the nips. Not at all. Not at all. Perfect. They're only slightly bleeding, but they do that (laughs) all the time. (laughs) Just do that anyway. Okay. Good. 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 All right. Well, anyway, thank you all for tuning in this week, and we will be back next week. Peace out.